श्री गुरु वैष्णव गुरु परंपरा की जाय को भक्तवृंद की जाय को प्रेम आनंदे गुड आफ्टरनून वेलकम Yesterday evening we spoke about shraddha faith and we spoke from the unfortunately popular notion and reality that that uh what passes as as faith is often a irrational justification for superstitious and i uh notions and adherence to uh religious dogma that plays itself out in the shape of actions that are far from religious or spiritual in nature and beginning at that point in terms of a a description and discussion about faith we went through many different notions of faith hmm? and we ended up with faith as the halo of radharani so we went a long distance covered a lot of ground and um describing as we did the uh illuminate illuminating and animating nature of faith and ending with the influence of radha and referring to her as shraddha devi hmm? the term pujapatrida marsh once used to describe her um uh she animates the world of swam bhagwan considerably we ended on this point he's moving not only moving but dancing and very active alive even at even in the wee hours of the night as as we know <clears throat> so this is the godia idea of faith and and it is this kind of faith that we imbibe through sadhusanga <clears throat> and that sadhusanga is the living example of the bhagavatam text that is all about shraddha devi if you will sometimes we refer to it as radha bhagavatam hmm? shrimad bhagavatam the bhagavatam means the goddess and shri means beautiful so he becomes beautified if you will the all beautiful <laughs> in the presence of uh, his his primary shakti prabhupada used to say that krishna is not that beautiful by himself but when he stands next to radha then he's very very charming hmm. so with this in mind and that such faith divine faith is uh, gives us eligibility to tread the path of bhakti as i mentioned we require faith to do anything faith being here meaning commitment um uh, conviction which uh 
imply or carry with them the, the, the implication of action hmm? rather than knowing uh, intellectually or, or which I compared to kind of fence sitting uh, a kind of comprehensive commitment and conviction that, uh, that fosters action and, and, and a knowing. I gave an example. You could sit on the fence and, and intellectualize about whether or not an apple tastes good and think about it and rationalize about it and say, looks like the cows like them, and so on and so forth. But uh, if, if from that you get the conviction that they must be worth tasting, then you have to, that conviction gets you off the intellectual fence into the pasture to pick up and taste the apple and know it in a way that you could never know on the fence. So I've explained in this way the reason to be an aspect of faith, that it reaches its highest uh, form and most beautiful form, reason when it is supportive of faith, and that faith being uh, divine faith. So divine faith is quite uh, reasonable even as it, picks up where reason leaves off and, and transcends reason. Love is said to know no reason. So this kind of faith, divine faith, that uh, Krishna says, in me, faith in me, that is nirguna. As I say, this gives eligibility for bhakti. There are other transcendental paths like yoga marg, ganmarg, for example. They require faith too. So require faith to do anything. Puja hmm? like to. well, he had a, a phrase that he came up with, which was quite poetic and profound, that, that suspicion leads to suspension. So, doubt, faith is a removing of doubt, and so it, 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 it animates us. If, we, if we're suspect, then we're kind of frozen, if you will, and can't go forward. Hmm? So faith is required for any movement, if you will. Hmm? Uh, it is a movement. Hmm? And uh, at the same time, the difference between the Bhakti Marg, explained by Rupa Goswami, and other transcendental paths or Margs like Gyan Marg and Yoga Marg is that while they require faith in their efficacy, they require other things as well, prerequisites, in order to embark upon them. And such prerequisites are not um, part of eligibility for bhakti. Faith alone. That said, and that faith we get, Rupa Goswami explains, if we are atibhagya, if we're very lucky, we come in touch with a, with, a, with, a, with a real sadhu and we get that kind of faith, good fortune. Uh, it means it, it 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 comes from outside of the world of cause and effect of karma. Hmm? Therefore, it's causeless. Here we find everything has a a cause. But devote daivyeshu gunamai mamamaya. Daivyeshu is it? Excuse me. Mahatmanas tu mamparta daivim prakriti mashrita. Krishna says the mahatma, the, the big atmas, the great atmas. They're big. Hmm? It means they're not they're not small, minded, narrow, hmm? um, and self-centered. It's not that he's talking about some people have big souls and some have small souls. 
in a physical sense. After all, we're talking about the subjective world proper, where quantity is 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 replaced with quality. Hmm? So it's a it's a it's a big quality of self, the Mahatma, the great soul, that uh, thinks broadly and acts um, selflessly. It's incredible to think about that being selfless makes one big. You would think it would make oneself smaller, <laughs> but it makes oneself bigger and bigger in terms of being more attractive and more capable of of providing essentials, affection, kindness, uh, which are the real sheltering kind of uh, principles. Hmm. We are fortunate today to go for a walk in the park at Duke University. Thanks to Doris, who we may, some of you may know. Um, maybe not. You don't know Doris Duke. Huh? Yeah. Well, Doris Duke is, was a wealthy person who I think she must have donated the money for the, the park there. In her later years, just a side point for you, she was so closely related to the uh, the university there in proximity at least and in her later years she had as her what would you call private assistant, yeah, like personal, assistant. personal assistant uh, one of Prabhupada's disciples a lady named uh, Chandi. Chandi Chandi yeah and so she was influenced by Krishna consciousness in, in fact Chandi got all of her inheritance <laughs> or a big part of it and she's spending it in Vrindavan for different different things. So, Doris Duke, Kijai. <laughs> uh, you never know, right? Where the Sukriti is landing and and uh, and to be built upon. So, we went there today, and then I saw Doris too. I thought, wow, let's just see. A very beautiful park, and we went to the the Asian Center, and, and of course there were. I, I was uh, taken by some of the trees. We, a lot of the trees that are there, one particular type of pine, what's it called? Loblali. We have many of them at Saragrahi. And I didn't realize it, but they grow as big as like three feet in diameter. So you have to come back next birth <laughs> and see them there. Uh, they, they will be part of you know the shelter-giving nature of that place, to be in them, one feels protected standing next to such a close, closely to such a, a tree and sheltered. Hmm? Hmm. So, it comes up in our discussion today where we're going to discuss the third verse of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Shikshastakam. It's also speaking about faith. Faith within the context of bhakti, which I said is of is of two types and three types of those two types. So faith in bhakti that that begets vaidhi bhakti as a practice and, a, and an ideal, and faith in bhakti that begets rag bhakti and the ideal of rag bhakti, which is what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's tradition is pointing in the direction of. Within those two types, then there are three divisions. There's the tender faith of the neophyte, and then there's the firm faith of the intermediate devotee. And then there's the superlative faith of well, or the, the, of, the of the superlative devotee. Hmm? 
So, um, so I wanted to come to to, to that, and uh, from from going from one end of the spectrum to the other, as I said, it's come back back in the middle in the context of bhakti and nirguna shraddha, and speak about that inter, in, intermediate manifestation of faith and the ability that it gives us to to uh, to tread the path. Hmm. Hmm. and be like big trees hmm. uh, as it turns out in Mahaprabhu's description that can be shelter giving in, in, in terms of um, being affectionate and uh, compassionate hmm. um, and so forth so hmm. that said um, we should also point out that while Rupa Goswami has described eligibility for bhakti, the good fortune of having come into good association, and by that catching, you know, the contagious, as it is, uh, divine faith, um, and while this is all you need, he does mention something else also. Hmm? A little bit. She says that also, in order for it to take root, hmm, it generally, one has to be a little bit disenchanted hmm, with the prospect of material life. However, hmm, in very strong association, even if we're full on enthusiastic about material life hmm? that association can turn our turn us on our head if you will change our direction suddenly and uh, and we can find that uh, see the world suddenly in another light it's not so enchanting I've told the story before of a younger brother and he was out looking for me once because I was absent, missing in action uh, from the family life for quite some time before they caught up with me. You know, it was early in the... I think I left home in 1967 or 8, something like that. Joined Prabhupada and, and um, like many of us at the time and... Uh, I was already a little bit of a black sheep in the family, so I thought they didn't care about me that much. That's how kind of foolish I was. Of course, they did, and so forth. Anyway, they caught up with me. It was an interesting story, too. But um, um, but my brother, anyway, went searching for my younger brother. He's 10 years younger, and so he, he came to the... They were living in the, in the um, uh, Chicago area, so he went to the temple in Chicago. Hmm. My father would meet people at the airport. They said, you know, they asked him to take a book, and and he said, my son's involved in this this thing. I've heard, and then they would ask, what's his name? And he says, I guess he, I don't know, he somehow he found it out. Some devotees told me this, and they'd say, Tripurari, and then they'd go, oh, you know, he says, so sell so many books, and you know, he, he taught us how to do this. So my father said, well, at least he, you know, he became good at something anyway. <laughs> Give him that, you know. Excelled in his field. 
anyway, we all have our stories. But my brother met the devotees, and 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 you know they they told him something about me and so forth. And then he told, and then of course they preached to him the philosophy, and um, he told them that he said that they said, "What do you think of you know after all this discussion and so forth?" And he said. It is like I drew a picture of my life in watercolors on a canvas, what it would be, and you have poured water on it. And it is all dissolving now. So, good association has the power to even to change our course if we're going 90 miles in the opposite direction. But if we are a little disenchanted with the life, the prospect of material enjoyment, and a little opposed to renunciation and detachment, we're in a very, that is a, just a perfect position for bhakti, for the, the, the field of the heart is very suitable for planting the seed of bhakti. After all, within bhakti, both things are there. Hmm? There is enjoyment and there is renunciation. In the context of dedication, in the context of dedicating ourselves to Krishna, we may have to accept some enjoyment. We may have to, we we if we come to the temple and uh, we're fasting, and someone offers prasad, then you cannot say I'm fasting. That'll be offense. Then you have to enjoy and take prasad. Hmm? One of my godbrothers was fasting on Ikadasi. And he came to Sri Chaitanya Saraswat Mata, told the story before, some of you bear with me because you've heard it, but um, he was famous in Kirtan, and a tall fellow, and he used to leap high in the air and play the Murdanga. So he came to Chaitanya Saraswat Mata, Sri Dharmarsh's Mata, and uh, it was Ikadasi. Artik was going on, and he was singing and dancing in the Artik. This was many, many years ago. And um, so the, uh, the devotee said, one, 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 one of Swami Maharaj Prabhupada's disciples is here from Iskon, and, uh, and he would like to have your darshan, and uh, he's leaping and jumping in the kirtan and, uh, and so forth. Uh, at, at that time, Prabhupada was still present, and, and, uh, and in Sridhar Maharaj's moth, they were thinking like that, that Prabhupada was like changing, Changing the world and so forth. And they were just they were they were loving it. Shridharmarsh was just, was loving to hear the news of the, you know, the developments and the goings on and and so on and so forth. Hmm? Um, I remember Govindamarsh once said he, he went there to deliver a message from Shridharmarsh and he, he 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 felt like it was like like the the the, the leader managers were like the demigods and they were organizing the world and <laughs> something like that <laughs> they don't always do a great job those demigods but uh, anyway they were they were in awe if you will of, of of hometown boy makes makes good you know that was basically Prabhupada's relationship with Prabhupada they were friends they lived together in, in Prabhupada's house for many years um when he was invited, Pujapat Sridharmarsh to Iskan by Prabhupada to oversee the installation of the Anantasesh deity that went into, goes into the foundation of the big temple that they're building now. Prabhupada wanted Sridharmarsh to, to bless that. And uh, 
Sridhar says, I, that I came and there he met me on the veranda in his gumsha. Hmm. So very informal and, uh, and so forth. And, uh, and so suddenly he, he went to America and Sridhar was trying to figure all this out. You know, and then, he, then he came back from America and he was a different person. And he had these white, as he called them himself, white elephants with him, his disciples. And Prabhupada, actually some history, uh, told one day that now we will go to learn how to observe the Vyasa Puja. Vyasa Puja is the day of honoring the Vyas, the compiler of the Veda, and in terms of his representative, who is one's guru in the lineage, and that on the day of his uh, birth in the world. So it's a, it's, a, it's a spiritual kind of birthday party for the, the we honor the appearance of the guru in, in, in the world. So Prabhupada said, we will go to learn that today, and it was Sridhar Maharaj's day of appearance, so they're having a festival at his, at his uh, monastery. And so they went for that, and... And Kinchin Krishnadas was there. Babaji was famous for his kirtan, and he was singing the Shridharmarsh's poem, glorifying Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, that became um, that every every branch of Gaudiya Math incorporated into their liturgy. A, a song, a poem that Prabhupada once told Akayananda Maharaj when he was the president of Vrindavan. Krishna Balaram Mandir should be sung every day in, in my temples. It's a beautiful song that kind of encapsulates who is Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. Shridharmarsh was a great uh, poet and um, he had many original Sanskrit compositions. So he brought them over there and um, for the big, uh, for, to, to observe the Vyasa Puja. And Shiramar is just trying to like, you know, he was seeing here, Prabhupada's coming back from America. He's like somewhat different, and he's got all these fledgling you know, followers and so <laughs> forth. And, and then he's watching the, the mission of Prabhupada grow and, and analyzing it. And, think, and then he came to the conclusion that he came to, uh, also, in conjunction with analyzing the poem of Prabhupada, oh, when he was crossing the boat, it like this, it happened. He made this prayer for empowerment. Some of you know the story. And that's when he came back, he had that empowerment and he traced it out in his theological and spiritual thinking that it was the Avesh, the empowerment of Nityananda Prabhu. And so he's just watching all this and fascinated um, by it. Um, uh, it's just something as an aside. How do they get there? Of Prabhupada's. So, 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 so one of the devotees from Iskon coming over, and and, they, and one of the Swami Maharaj's disciples are here, and he's jumping in the kirtan, and it was a codice. Hmm? And he would like to have your darshan. So, after the Arctic, brought him, had him come up to the veranda where he would sit there. He's quite old. And so he, he talked with him a bit, and, 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 he, and, and so he said, uh, a, after the talk, he said, so you discuss, he said, you'll, you'll take a little prashad, anukalpa, a codice prashad, no grain, but what's been offered to the, the deity that's not grain. And he said, it is my policy that, this devotee said, to fast nirjal from water and food on every codice. And Chaitanya said, every codice, nirjal. 
He said, yes, that's been my policy. He said, and jumping. <laughs> no, fasting and jumping. Huh. Because they're thinking, fasting means you sit down and, you know, we were a little crazy, you know. <laughs> and so, anyway, the devotee, he said what? He said, but if it is your desire, hmm, then I will break the fast and take Ikadasi Prashad. So Sridhar was very impressed with that. He said, oh, he has understood Vaishnavism. Hmm? Hmm. Hmm. So he was fasting, which is a renunci- renunciation, but he accepted enjoyment hmm, in the context of bhakti in the form of Vaishnava Seva. Hmm. And so instances will also arise in which, of course, we have to um, forego things for the sake of bhakti. So detachment and enjoyment, the two tracks on which the world runs, um, the two tracks in a, in, a ref, in a refined sense that are karma marg and, and uh, gyan marg hmm, for improving one's material situation and gathering things, acquisition and so forth, including a long life and such, and on the other hand, gyan mark for giving up things and living eternally. Hmm? These two are, are, are unto themselves, hmm? in an organized way, the two tracks on which material life runs. In an organized way, in conjunction with, with scripture and so forth, they are two paths that lead to the most enjoyment that we could have on the one hand, materially, through acquisition, again, acquiring a life in heaven that lasts for almost forever. Hmm? Almost <laughs> is not enough. And on the other hand, the Gyan Marg, is a, 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 an actual uh, system for attaining eternity, for giving up things, for getting things and for giving up things. Each of these... Hmm? can only be fruitful in terms of what they are aimed at uh, affording us if they are um, embraced and proceeded along these paths with some bhakti, hmm? with some admixture of bhakti. Bhakti makes it all all work. Hmm? Brings the grace of Bhagwan and one one can one can acquire and one can um, get knowledge and freedom from the ignorance of acquisition and so uh, under themselves hmm, um, I should say well they, they 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 lack, but in conjunction with the bhakti, then they have efficacy hmm? the simple conclusion is well. If you need bhakti to succeed in karma marg, if you need bhakti to succeed in gyan marg, why not just do bhakti? Hmm? And um, and so they're contained in a healthy way within bhakti. For bhakti's sake, if it's necessary to enjoy, we will. If for bhakti's sake it's necessary to forego something, then we will. So this balance of not being too disposed towards renunciation, or which hardens the heart, were too disposed towards uh, acquisition, which softens the heart, at the, but the head becomes like soft. 
at the same time. That's not very wise. Hmm? Uh, on the one hand, again, you get a wise head and a, a, a strong head, if you will, and a hard heart. And karma marg, you get a soft heart and a soft head too, <laughs> unfortunately. So this is a problem. So bhakti is the middle, the middle path. Both these ideas, which again are the two tracks in which material life run, then they become fruitful in a spiritual sense. So, with this and, 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 and the good luck of good association, we come to Nirguna Shraddha. Faith in the efficacy of bhakti, faith in Krishna, and we can begin to tread the path, and at first our faith will be tender. Tender. Tender because... The heart is active, but it has not yet been harmonized with the head. Hmm? And so Rupa Goswami explains that the reason that the faith is tender in the beginning is because of a lack of acquaintance with the body of the sacred texts that explain the nature of bhakti, the nature of Bhagwan, um, all this knowledge that is, is included within bhakti. Sambandha hmm? jnana, we call it. Lack of this. Hmm? Um, this puts us in a in a in a um, in kind of a we're in, but it's a, it's a weak position. The fan, it's called komal shraddha. It's tender. Hmm? Um, it's, it's problematic. With Komal Shraddha, we can make offenses. Just like, for example, there are said to be ten offenses to the chanting of the holy name. Hmm? So, one of, the, one of the offenses is that to think of the chanting of the holy name of Krishna as a ritual practice, which it is, in a sense, that is similar to other ritualistic practices like horse sacrifices or, or something for, for attaining heaven. This is, this is thought to be a nam aparad. Now, I doubt many of you have made that offense. <laughs> and the reason is because you have some sambandagyan. You're converts, so the bhakti that has been shared with you there's been considerable knowledge about the nature of bhakti that's been, been given to you. And so I'm just making the point that the more you have acquaintance with the argument, if you will, with the, with the, the sacred text, the stronger the faith becomes, the better you are equipped to tread the path, the least likely you are to do something that is contrary to the path. And, and that's a problem. Material desires are a problem, and of course, there they are also in, in when the faith is, is tender. But those are sins of the flesh, if you will, and then offenses to bhakti, they are kind of like sins of the, of the soul. They're, more, they're like the mortal sins, if you were a Catholic, like I was. And, and there's the venial sins. You can erase those, but the mortal ones, I used to think there's something like a soul in here that's like glowing and I just put a hole in it by a mortal sin or a, 
I blemish on it by a venial sin. Hmm. So <laughs> you want to avoid both, but but the way to avoid largely is by good association, which acquaints us with the texts, the implications of them, the far-reaching. It means to give the reasoning uh, that uh, I said is part of faith, that, that is beautified, in, it reaches its, has its most beautiful manifestation as, a, as an, an attendant of faith, that kind of reason. Hmm? Um, Prabhupada was fond of saying that we have so many books, 60 books, and, and so forth, and he was very fond of seeing the distribution of them, as some of you know, and I was very uh, instrumental in that also. I was a major, major player in that, of the distribution of Prabhupada's books. Some of you are familiar with that history. But I can tell you this, too, that when my good friend Ramaswar, he, he was the one who told Prabhupada about me, and this boy, Tripurari, he is doing this, and send him a letter, you know. And uh, he is so enthusiastically going and selling the books, and he's successful, and so on and so forth. And Prabhupada wrote back, he was very pleased that this boy, Tripurari Das, is selling so many books, and so on. And, and then in his own, it was a type letter, and then in his own handwriting, uh, he wrote, but you should be, tell him, be sure to always read them. Hmm? <laughs> Something like that, yeah. So, good idea. <laughs> I, I took it to heart, of course, and I was had a penchant for it. I was quite interested in, in reading the books. And, I mean, imagine the, what it was like, but we were experiencing, at one point, every month, a 400-page book, and you didn't know if the people would have 10 heads or 100 <laughs> arms or what, what, what it would be like, where we were going, what kind of world, what kind of possibilities there were. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, the storyline of the Bhagavatam, and it's just coming out, you know, month by month, and stories within stories, narratives within narrative, and uh, and so on, and, and what is the point, and all, and go back and read it again, and uh, so Prabhupada showered us with shiksha, if you will, hmm, to nourish the uh, the tender faith that that uh, faith and heart, soft heart, might be strengthened in conjunction with the head. It's just like if you take steel and you put it in fire, you leave it there until it's just about to melt and then pull it out. Hmm? Then it becomes harder. So you, you, as an exercise, you learn to use your reason to examine your faith from different angles. Hmm? And it just before it melts... <laughs> Because, because that reason, you see, reason is not a suitable, and we talked about this yesterday, vehicle for attaining transcendence. Reason is within this world. Hmm? We have to go there by a different method. That is a divine method, and that faith, as we explained also, comes from up to down. It's not like we have faith inherent in our Atma or something like that. We get it by good association. Hmm? It's contagious. That's the vehicle for going. If we try to go by the power of reasoning, we, we'll be repelled. Hmm? It's just like if God doesn't show up, and neither does the soul in the court of reasoning. It's like, what, are you kidding me? I've got to go demonstrate my, you know, that I would... If it is superior in constitution, it's the atma and the paramatma, for that matter, to, to reasoning, then 
how will reasoning shed light on it? Hmm? Hmm? So it is self-luminous. That doesn't, again, but reason has a role, of course, as we're explaining. Hmm? So this is a, a, the exercise of moving from tender faith to firm faith, which is characteristic of the intermediate devotee, hmm? to harmonize the head and the heart. And this, this, this will require that, that what you understood in the beginning, for example, from the text, hmm? suddenly you find that there are different meanings or deeper meanings, and the implications are other than and further, much further than what you, what you thought and what you previously parroted to someone as the philosophy, you go back and listen to the tape and you can't believe that you said that, you know. And that was the level of your understanding of the, of the verse, something like that. Huh? And then do it again in ten years, in ten lifetimes, in ten yugas. <laughs> so students forever in this, uh, in this school of Gaudiya Vedanta, school of the Bhagavat. Hmm? And that's beautiful. Hmm? I'd hate to go back and listen to some of my lectures now. <laughs> but I'm sure they were, they were good at the time. And they were good for me, so good enough. Hmm? Made progress by that. Hmm? And that just, that just speaks to us of the nature of the, of the, of the subject, rich as, and it's, as it is, the, the deep as it is, bottomless. Hmm? So, but... To shine down, if you will, or to look down with reason on your on your faith is it's a it's a it's a art really it should be done in a good association because if we insist that the faith answer entirely to reason then we then we've misunderstood also hmm? that faith that, that faith is reasonable that there, that it's it's reasonable to conclude there are things that transcend um, Reason, that is the whole point of the Shastra. Some things cannot be known by reason. You couldn't just sit down and figure out Krishna is the supreme personality of God. That's just not going to fit, you know, appear between your ears at some point unless you've heard it from somewhere else. And that somewhere else is really somewhere else. Hmm? It really is another world. Hmm? Prabhupada would like to cite this for a beautiful verse from Bhagavatam, Nard speaking. This is Bhagavatam speaking about the Bhagavatam. It is another creation altogether. And just one shloka from the verse in Prabhupada's rendering, which is very beautiful, has the power to create a revolution in the minds of the world's misdirected population, uh, epiphany. Hmm? And sometimes when he would quote this verse in speaking, he would, he would say, Yasmin Pratislokum, one shlok, and one word. Hmm? And even if they touch the book, isn't it he used to say? If they touch the book, it will change their life. I used to think, when I first started to sell the book, can you hold this for a second? I've got to tie my shoe, you know. I'm thinking, ah, they're getting purified by the book, and now I can talk to them about it <laughs> in a simplistic way. I, I took it like that. It's probably true. Holding the bond with them. Hmm? I remember when the six, first six volumes of the Bhagavatam came out, 
it, we used to have just chapters in paperback. And then these beautiful hardbound volumes came out, six of them. The first canto in three volumes, the second canto in two volumes, and the first volume of the third canto, which would be completed in, in three volumes altogether. But these six came out, into three, four, five, and six, yeah. And so we, we, I was the first one to go out and sell them. I'm just realizing that now, I think about it. They came to Los Angeles, and we, myself and Ramas, we used to organize the devotees. You don't mind me telling you some of these old stories, and a little bit of an aside, but we used to organize in the morning on Saturdays for all the householders to go out and sell books. Who would go in what car and where, and we would pack boxes in lunches, and we would organize all that so that right after Prashadam, all the householders would have the chance to go out and uh, participate in the book distribution. And so that this, the books came in the night before. Hmm? And so during the Japa period, which we never, never, ever allowed any, anything to disturb in our lives, we were very like strict on this. Nothing could disturb our Japa period. But Ramaswar, and he was like that too at, at that time, he disturbed my Japa period. Hmm. He couldn't resist, and he took me by the hand uh, into the book room in in the in the, in the temple, which was like a little store at that time. I used to sell books from in the store. It's a Sunday feast, and we had books that probably that was when we had books shipped over from from Godiamat. All these little books from uh, Bhakti Siddhanta and uh, Bhakti Pradeep Tirtha Maharaj, and so on and so forth. Hmm? And then we had some other chapters of Bhagavad Gita. Prabhupada's Bhagavad Gita was there, teachings of Lord Chaitanya, nectar of devotion, and so forth. But we didn't have the Bhagavatam. So anyway, the Bhagavatam, he had brought a case of each of those books there, and he showed them to me, and so he disturbed my japa. You know, it's okay in the way that he did it. To see this, like, manifestation of Prabhupada's ecstasy, hmm, uh, writing the Bhagavatam. And they were so, you know, Prabhupada was very... Intent on having his uh, his books edited properly in proper English and so forth, and and also in terms of its their uh, physical uh, style, and, and he wanted them to be like state of the art and and so forth uh, as they should be. So they were very beautiful and they had beautiful pictures, very well done, and, and so forth, and so. He and I, Ramos, were quite in, intoxicated, and and so we, but we went forward, and we got everything arranged for everyone to go out, and we had decided we can't bring these books out now, on Saturday morning, and start showing them to the devotees, because no one will go out, and they'll, they'll just like start sit down under a tree and begin reading the Bhagavatam. So we'll wait till the you know they come back in the afternoon, and then we'll give them their you know, sell sets of Bhagavatams to them and so forth. So we got everybody out, and and I was always the last one to go out, and I would go out by myself to the airport, which was illegal at the time. Hmm. And so uh, Ramaswar gave, because I, I would sell, I would sell Bhagavad Gita's and, uh, and the teachings of Lord Chaitanya, which were big books. So these were the new big books as we thought of them. Hmm. So I took the Bhagavatams out. And I, I, I was the first to sell them. <laughs> Such a blessing fell on my head, hmm? and uh, and then I would hand them to somebody. In those days, we would have them in a suitcase and sit down next to somebody, and then strike up a conversation 
hi, where are you going? And he or she would say something, and I'd say, well, let me show you this. And I'd give them the book and talk about it. So I'd give them the book, and I'd say, this is a very special book, and hold it, be careful how you hold that. And then, and then I would convince them to take it, and then I would instruct them. And by the way, when you go home, you know, be sure to put it in a place, you know, in the right place, in a sacred place, you know. And they looked at me like I was kind of crazy, but but they felt I could feel that they felt some in this book. This guy is living, you know, proof of that is doing something to him that's really different and compelling. And so I think I sold like thirty books or something like that, and floated back to the temple. The story goes on from there, but. Those were wonderful days. And so the point I'm making only is that Prabhupada was, uh, was, was writing the books and, and, for, and they were meant to be, to, be, to be distributed but also to be read and studied. He was showering us with so much siksha, hmm? and, which is appropriate because that kind of siksha is what an acquaintance with the text and the deeper our acquaintance is through good association and so forth, the stronger our faith, our heart, will become. So the determining factor between inter- uh, neophyte, beginner's faith, intermediate faith, and superlative faith, if you will, is acquaintance with what it is that you have faith in, what is the nature of it, what are the implications of it, and so on and so forth. Hmm? So we're interested today in intermediate faith. We don't want to have tender faith only. We don't want to stay in that position. Hmm? And, of course, while we talk about this in terms of three divisions, there's, there's going to be overlapping. You're going to be, we say there's the kanishta, which means the neophyte, the, 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 the madhyam, the intermediate, and the uttam, the superlative um, faith, if you will. But then in, it can also be said, and I've phrased it this way myself, there's also kanishta, kanishta, madhyam, kanishta, uttam, kanishta. Uh, madhyam, kanishta, madhyam, madhyam, uttam, madhyam. There's kanishta, uttam, madhyam, uttam, 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 and uttam, 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 uttam. <laughs> so, <laughs> so... So the, um, we want to talk about that intermediate faith, which is, which is a faith that really calls our progress. Classically speaking, the kanishta-kanishta faith doesn't call our progress unto itself. It lacks uh, a proper uh, discrimination. Hmm? So discrimination is a faculty, is the, is the head faculty. Hmm? So it's the heart without much head. Hmm? It's that uh, factoring in the, the, the discriminating faculty hmm, in relation to our faith that calls our progress. So as I said, this, this reason and faith, they, they go together. I mean, reason is subordinate to the faith and it's beautiful when it supports the faith um, and, and not when it seeks to do away with it and so forth, as, as we talked about yesterday. So, uh, for example, the Kanishta faith is, 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 is one that in, in, in which there's faith in Krishna, but there may not be faith in, in the Vaishnav. Hmm? And so 
let's say the Vaishnava is giving a lecture, the sadhu, and then somebody comes in and and walks over people, excuse me, excuse me, and ignores the lecture, goes up to the altar and puts a, a quarter in the box, says prayers to Krishna, give me more money and I'll give you, you know, a quarter <laughs> of that. Um, and, and, and I love you, Bhagwan. Um, so he has faith in Bhagwan. He's doing bhakti, some kind of bhakti, vandanam. He's giving some money to Krishna. Then he walks out. Hmm? Uh, so this is a typical kanishta, kanishta hmm, disposition. And it lacks discrimination in that, that, that what is the position of the devotee who is explaining about why, why do we put a quarter in the box or a rupee or a paisa in the box? Why do we do that? Why do we bow down before the deity? Why? The, 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 the really the spiritual answer is because well somebody told us that's God and you should do like this in front of God and that is the Vaishnava that is the Sadhu so where is Krishna hmm? he's he himself he's more in the heart of the Sadhu than he is standing on the altar this is a, to come to, to discriminate like this and come to really understand this and embrace this is really substantial progress in in bhakti, and it will really, really protect us from, of all the namarads, namaparads, excuse me, the one that is most uh, warned against and most difficult to avoid, even if you have so much sambandagyan, and that is Vaishnavaparad. We see even so many learned people, they make this kind of um, offense. Understanding this principle, hmm, the extent to which Bhagavan is present in the heart of the devotee, and how that exceeds his presence even on the altar. Hmm? This is this will protect us from that. Uh, so, so this uh, if we want to move from a kanishta kanishta to a madhyam kanishta, some discrimination has to be there. Hmm? Some reasoning has to be there, and you need reasoning to understand the texts and the argument of scripture and so on and so forth. So, if you're not interested in that at all, well, you can then you're not going to call your progress. Hmm? So, so you come you l- to listen here and learn something. And, and um, so you're, we're, we're all at least uh, Madhyam Kanishtas. <laughs> and that's, that's significant. That's, that's, that's make, we're making progress from just Kanishta, Kanishtas. Hmm? So um, many shades, as I say, but I'm just kind of giving the giving the determining factor that moves us from the beginning to the intermediate and it's proper uh, discrimination learning how to think spiritually hmm? Hmm. and it's a challenge because we have to rethink things that we thought we understood and how we understood them and, and how they at that time they were applicable Pujapachita Maharaj used to tell us that progress involves acceptance and elimination so this is again a function of spiritual discrimination. Something that I accepted in the past that was very useful and practical and was emphasized to me and I did and called my progress hmm, may not be effective in the same way at a later stage in my progress. Hmm? And something else may be. And so, the, the, you know, devotion, 
love, we say it knows no reason and so forth, but again, we're talking about wise love. So uh, uh, there's, there's, a, there's a place for that introspection. Hmm? I'll tell you another story. I was once speaking to uh, a fellow uh, who's, who was not in the, on the bhakti marg of a group of people, and, and one fellow in the audience, after I gave the talk, he said, you know, for a, bhak- for a bhakti, he said, you sure got a lot of janana. Uh, and I said, are, are you on the Janana Mark? <laughs> and he said, he said, yeah, well, we got bhaktis in our, uh, our ashram too, but they're all ladies and, and, and they all uh, are just kind of in love with the guru. I said, yeah, well, <laughs> we do it a little differently over here. <laughs> uh, uh, so um, <laughs> So I, I explained to him, yes, there's a lot of janana in bhakti. <laughs> Bhaktas have a lot of gyan, by the way. <laughs> uh, so, uh, <laughs> so yes, the devotee is, 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 is introspective and discriminating, and, um, and his love is wise. Hmm? So again, there's this, this, this integration of the head and the heart, a spiritualization of one's thinking powers, Ultimately, um, in the superlative stage of bhakti, the mind becomes bhakti. Hmm? The antarkarna, the internal organ, sudasattva-viseshatma, prema suyamsu samyabhak, ruchibhischidamasrena. Ruchibhischidamasrena. The mind actually becomes bhakti, the swarup shakti. Hmm? That's what Krishna means when he says in the Gita, Mahatmanas tu maham prakriti I cited this verse earlier. Mahatmas, great souls, hmm? who are big in quality. Again, not that their soul is ten by ten and ours is two by two. Hmm? No, big. They're givers. Hmm? Affectionate. They can give shelter to others. The kind, wise, big in this way. Hmm? Wise means they cannot be selfish. Hmm? Compassionate. Uh, hmm? They are Daivim Prakritim, working under a different influence. That means Daivim Prakriti means Krishna's Shrup Shakti. That means Bhakti. This is the driving force. They may act in ways that that we do, but their motivation is different. They're not being driven by by the by the gunas, by the Maya Shakti, but by Bhakti Shakti. So they are in the world, but not of the world. Like the lotus, Krishna gives example also in the Gita. It comes out of the water, it sits above the water. So when this, in this bhakti makes ingress into our life from, from the beginning, shraddha is the beginning, and as we said, it comes from up to down. But when it reaches a certain pitch in our culture, when we move from beginner to intermediate to, to the superlative state, this ingress of the Srup Shakti is, is considerable and that we can, we can, we can, uh, we can if we're astute and, uh, and spiritually uh, fit, we can ascertain how it's coming in, what combination of Samvit and Ladini. Hmm? These are two elements of, of this, this Antaranga Shakti, Srup Shakti, that Bhakti is constituted of. What kind of knowing, what kind of ladini, corresponding ladini, bliss, 
what kind of knowing? I am a gopa, I am a gopi, and the corresponding bliss. From, therefore, Rupa Goswami says, when this bhav comes, Jiva Goswami comments, hmm, it means it has a beginning as a sprout hmm, in which it's combined with different other, the stai, the dominant emotion that defines a person, hmm, is combined with other emotions, vibhavs, anubhavs, sattvika bhavs, hmm, sanchari bhavs, and when they're properly combined, the sprout actually bears flower and buds, flowers and fruits, and then then they're, the fact that then you can't discriminate between them. They're all, it's it's called rasa. It's the combination of the blend of them together. So in Bhavli, working with the ingredients, then they come to blend them together, and the sprout becomes fully developed. That's why Stai-bhav is a sprout and it is rasa, it both things. In its mature stage, it is the basis of rasa. Hmm? So at any rate, we're a little on this tangent here. It's not a bad one. But uh, but when this bhava makes a, a significant ingress into the jiva and, 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 and freedom from the karmic influence is, is entirely in place and one is living in the world for another purpose, for the purpose of cultivating prem, which which is which is an intensification of bhava, so the cultivation of that, that bhava and turning the what is the prema suryangsu, the, the ray of the sun of prem that constitutes bhava, turning it into the sun. Hmm? Hmm. When this sprouting comes of the stai after asakti, when spiritual life in practice is complete and one enters into spiritual culture in ecstasy, then, as I say, this bhava becomes the mind. Hmm? This is a very esoteric idea. Mahaprabhu told Sanatana that you cannot throw your body underneath the Rathayatra cart. You wanted to. Hmm? With his omniscience, Chaitanya Dev knew Sanatana had come to have the darshan of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he was advised he could, he could meet him later in Puri. His, so he, he only went to Puri for that purpose. Hmm? Not for sightseeing, not even for sightseeing of the deity. Hmm? Very nice idea. So, so nice. Once Govinda Maharaj, the successor of Pujapad Sridhar said that he had been to Kalna a number of times. Kalna is a very nice place. And in Kalna, you find the Gornitai deities of Goridas Pandit. This is very extraordinary because these deities of Gornitai, they were worshipped by Goridas Pandit when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Nityananda were still present. Hmm? It said in their beautiful songs about this deal also that one day Gaur and Nityananda came to Goridas Pandit's house, who was Subal and Krishna Leela. Hmm? He stayed for lunch, they stayed for lunch. And then they started to depart. And, and Goridas Pandit said, you cannot go. I cannot let you leave. You have to stay here. Mahaprabhu said, we, the deities are here, so we're here. We have other things to do. We have other devotees too. So let us go. He said, no, you stay. I want you to stay. But the deities are non-different than us. Hmm? But now I want you to stay. So they said, all right, we'll stay. So they went up on the altar, and the deities walked out. Hmm? This was his... Archon. Hmm? This is a kind of deity. You should do deity worship. That such things are possible. Hmm? 
by paying attention and giving your heart there. Hmm? So, to have the darshan of those deities, that's a very special thing. But at, on a number of occasions, he had to go to Kalna on behalf of Pujapatrida Maharishi's Gurudev for a mission. And so he told that, that several times I've been to Kalna, you know, and somebody said, and you had the, the darshan of Gauridas Pandit's deities? He said, no, Guru Maharaj didn't tell me to go there. It was very nice. Hmm? Went to Kalna to get something. He could have thought, well, okay, I'm here. Let me take a, you know, a rickshaw over here for a few minutes, have the darshan of the deities. Hmm? Come back. No, the Guru Maharaj didn't tell me to go and see the deities. He told me to do something else. I'm doing that. Hmm? Prabhupada was on Parikram with, with Prabhupada Bhakti Siddhanta Sarsitak and Pujapachita Marsh was also on that. You know the story, and some of you, and then it, it was announced that they, they would go around the Brajmandal camping and then each night and then speaking about different places of Leela, having Kirtan there and going to the next place and so forth. It's a, it's a tradition. So they came to the one, this one place, and that night, they, I guess they were there for a few days, and it was announced. Tonight is the last night to see Seishai Vishnu's, uh, have de- Seishai Vishnu's darshan, the famous deity in that uh, location. And Guru Maharaj will also be speaking tonight. Hmm. And so some devotees went, because it was last night, to have the darshan of the deities. And some devotees stayed to hear Prabhupada, Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasthi Thakur speak. Among them was, was our Prabhupada and Pujapachita both. I heard the story from both of them. Hmm? Hmm? They stayed to hear Bhaktisiddhanta speak rather than to see the deity. Hmm? And, he, and he was noted by Bhaktisiddhanta. These two, hmm, they didn't understand Vaishnavism. Hmm? Uh, we see with our ears by hearing from the Vaishnav more than just some eye exercise. What will you see when you see the deity? Hmm? Uh, hmm? As much as you heard and, and allow those things to go in your heart and change it, then you will have eyes to see. Hmm? So where were we? Somewhere in about intermediate faith. Hmm? That's what we're interested in. exercising some discrimination, hmm? proper discrimination. Hmm? Calling our progress. Hmm? Harmonizing the head and the heart. For this, we come to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's verse, hmm? which speaks about nishta. Nishta also means faith, but it means firm faith. So we have the beginning of bhakti with tender faith, hmm? coming from a general type of sadhusanga, and then with that faith we enter into formal sadhusanga, where we find our, our, our guru, hmm? and then we practice and so forth, and and we practice with a do-or-die attitude, and all the unwanted things start to come out, and, and so forth, and we come to kind of a... It's like now, at, at, it, you can come and visit us at Saragari, and we're having a festival at the beginning of next month, actually, for the Nishringa Chaturdasi. We did it last year, speaking about Prahlad and Shinga for three or four days, so we'll, we'll do that again. You're welcome to come and visit us in western North Carolina. But now, what we're doing there is this Bhajanakriya, and we're starting to see the Anartha Nivritti, 
we're clearing the land. Just, it's like we went to the land today here at the Duke, Doris Duke's um, botanical gardens or whatever the Duke and and we saw the the forest has been uh, done very nicely. I mean, it was cleared, and then. Japanese maples were planted underneath the big trees, and the big trees had enough room to become big hmm, by not being too close together and so forth. So now I have the devotees in this anartanabriti <laughs> and cleansing the forest. And then when you come and you see it afterwards, and it's, it's, it's like this one major, it's, it's a big place, 150 acres, so this one major hillside of those Lapalusa, Lablali pines. They're really beautiful. Now they're about like this big, but they get like this big, so I want to come back for those, as I said. (laughs) Feel the the shelter of them, hmm? their hmm? warmth, their their kindness, and so forth. So you come back and you say, oh, and it just feels so good. It's cleared out, and you can see in there, and then birds can come in, and the deers can find more, more... have more space and so forth. It's very healthy. Hmm? So when we see like that, then this is how we're thinking. Hmm? This is where we're at. We, we, see, we see, oh, and, 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 this, and this is the, how they're supposed to think when they're out there clearing the land. This is what I'm doing. Hmm? That's what they, they, they use their heads as they execute the physical bhakti, external bhakti. They connect it with internal bhakti, introspection, and so forth. Hmm? Then the next stage we'll be planting some of those like Japanese maples and the dogwoods and so forth. The trees go up and the limbs on the on the, those pines they start out up very high. Hmm? So then there's room for the smaller trees to come underneath, the flowers, the flower and so forth. It's a very beautiful effect. So this this is how we make our hearts a suitable place for Radha and Krishna to hide behind those big trees and, uh, and, and pick flowers for one another and, and so forth. We have to make such a playground hmm? externally and, and, and simultaneously this is going on in our hearts. Hmm? So, to uh, the Mahaprabhu Sri Chaitanya Dev has given a verse in Shikshastakam, all of his verses speak about the uh, progress from Shraddha to Sadhusanga, Bhajana Kriya, Sadhusanga, Adho Shraddha Tata Sadhusanga, from that initial Shraddha to meaningful, concentrated, deliberate, and deliberate. So again, the, the intellect is being used, discrimination is being used, Sadhusanga, hmm? and then uh, Bhajana Kriya, and so forth. All these stages up to Prem. They're all represented in Shikshastakam. Shikshastakam appears in Chaitanya Charitamrita at the very end of the book. It summarizes the whole text, all the teachings of the text. It's very beautifully uh, done. Um, you have to look deeply at it to, to pull all that out, of course, but Bhaktivinoda um, did something in that regard, and of course I've written a commentary on it, some of you are familiar with it. So the third verse, at any rate, it speaks about this type of intermediate uh, faith, nishta, which means it means firm faith, hmm? and he says what? Trinadapi sunichena, tarodapi sahishnuna, 
So, some of you know the verse, a good number of you, hmm? but there's a problem. Hmm? No, those of you who know the verse have not taught it to those who do not. Hmm? You cannot rest. Now I know the verse. Just see, when Swami chants it, I will also change it. I know the verse. When Mahaprabhu engaged his devotees in cleansing the Gundicha temple, which represents Vrindavan, right? Then he had them all collect piles of straw and dust and put it in front of them and line up. And then he would go and inspect and see who had gathered what and so forth. You have gathered so much dust and so many straw and so many things there. And the devotees, yes, yes. And just look, this guy didn't, over here, he didn't come. And Mahaprabhu says, but you have not taught your brother here how to do that. Hmm? Just see how defective is your cleaning. Hmm? So, everyone should know. And it's the responsibility of those who know. Hmm? They should know this verse, most important verse. Hmm? This verse was also the, all of these verses were spoken by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, as it's explained by Krishnadas at least in Puri. They were written down by, Jiva, by Rupa Goswami in Padyabali, which is a collection of verses that he puts under different headings. But he doesn't uh, display the Shikshastakam in a progressive order of verses. But under one heading, along with a number of other verses, comes this verse of Shikshastakam, and then another heading where other verses comes another verse, and Bhagavan, Sri Chaitanya said this, and there is that verse, and so forth. But Krishnadas Kaviraj, who, whose Chaitanya Charitamrita is the heart of Rupa Goswami, the experience of Rupa Goswami, of Chaitanya Mahabhu, that is what Chaitanya Charitamrita is, through the pen of Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami. It's such an extraordinary um, thing that he's done. Mm. And and he lists the verse in an order from one to eight, as I say, at the end of the book. And this verse, other than appearing there, also appears earlier in the text. Let's read the translation. I'll read my translation. Being humble like a blade of grass, being more tolerant than a tree, expecting no admiration, yet showing others veneration. One should glorify Hari constantly. Kirtaniya Sadahari, this speaks of Nishta, without interruption, apratihata, without any interruption. And Mahaprabhu, here he's saying, of course, that when one's bhakti and practice is, and person is decorated with these ornaments of humility, tolerance, no expectation of honor for oneself and fleeing from that, running away from that and offering honor to others. Hmm? When one is decorated with these qualities in the context of chanting, one will attain prem. Hmm? You have to get to this point. That prem is a world of ecstasy hmm? where all the movements are anubhav. There the clouds don't rain. They cry. Hmm? 
It is a world of ecstasy. If you study Rupa Goswami's language to, to try to explain that, Vrindavan, you understand everything is a movement. Every movement, every feeling hmm, is all ecstasy. Hmm? It's a, it's a, the world is completely alive, fully animated. This verse talks about how to make the world animate. Trinatapisunichena. Hmm? I'm going to explain where else it's found this verse in Chaitanya Charitamrita besides at the end is a significant place but let me say something about the verse first as it comes to my mind Trinata Pisunichena he says Mahaprabhu is, is saying the, 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 the tree the, the grass said to me why are you not humble the tree said why are you not tolerant like us hmm? you should expect no honor and give all honor to others the world spoke to him like this. You have to see it. The world was animate, alive. The trees talked to him. The grass spoke to him. You know, you walked from here to there, from here to this house to that house, or from your car to here across the grass. Did you think of this verse? Hmm? Today we went to the, some of us went, a few of us to the park. Did you, you saw so many trees. Did any of you think of this verse? Hmm? When I was pointing, see how big that tree is. See, I think I mentioned this verse there to some, but would it have come on your mind? Hmm? We live in, in Maduvan, in Costa Rica, we have so many trees. In Audaria, in California, at our monastery, there were so many trees. And here in Saragrahi, so many trees. And devotees living amongst the trees. And I ask sometimes, do you think of this verse? Do you ever think of this verse when you look at a tree? Hmm? What about the grass? Grass is everywhere. It grows on the concrete between the cracks. Hmm? But do we ever think of it? It spoke to Mahaprabhu. Does grass speak? No, you think? We should think, no, yes, but you. But the no is that you don't listen. You don't hear the environment with your heart. Hmm? This Bhagavatam is not, it's, it's, it's not a, a book. It's not a book. It's near Granta. Hmm? That's the whole point, uh, central point of the Bhagavatam. Why would a liberated soul like Sukadeva need to read a book? He doesn't need to read a book, but he needs the Bhagavatam. Nirgrantha means, Grantha also means text. Book. It was beyond the book. This is what Uddhava said, and I think I mentioned it yesterday. Uddhava, he was Shastravit, he knew everything. He was Krishna's advisor. Krishna say, What's that verse? Yes, this is the verse. You shouldn't do that because this Veda says this and this Purana says that and this Niti Shastra says this and Artha Shastra says that and he's everything, Uddhava. Hmm? And he's bewildered. Of course, you know everything and you're asking me for the verse. Okay, here it is. This is incredible. <laughs> and he was sent to Vrindavan to give gyan to the gopis and, and brajbasis and when he went there, he realized, oh, I went there to give gyan, and I came. I, I, I found prem, and a measure of prem that exceeds anything in Dwar- Vaikuntha, and Dwaraka, Mathura. And so he just moved around, wandered around in the forest for a couple of months, singing songs like Shutibi, Big Big Asamho, Chadanrainu, Shamaham, Sham, Vrindabane. Shutibi, Big Big He said, Oh, if I could just become a blade of grass here. Hmm? Then those gopi people, gopi jana, they might step on my 
I can't get them to step on my head now. They're showing respect for me, and I'm nothing compared to them. If they could step on me, I would like to take sticks of grass that they might step on my head, and the intensity of their their devotion might come within the context of my devotion. He said, this beer, this place, Shruti Beer Bimbrigyam, it is beyond the Shruti, beyond the scriptures. They don't study that here. It's not a subject here. Hmm? That's underground. All that knowledge is there, that wisdom. Hmm? But it's not required there. It gets in the way of love. Jnan Shunya Bhakti, devotion unencumbered by knowledge, by knowing. I'm talking about we need to know something, but that's, you know, we need to discriminate to get to this intermediate stage. The interesting uh, thing about the superlative stage and the and the and the and the beginning stage is they both lack discrimination. Hmm? In, the, in, the, in the beginning stage, it's a problem. In the higher stage, in the high, higher stage, it, it's the, it's the perfection. Hmm? You have to offer your food to Krishna. The beginner has to make all the offerings very nicely, hmm? know all the procedures. Hmm? In the intermediate state, he or she will is constantly offering, mentally, everything. In the superlative stage, if somebody offers him food, thinks Krishna is sending me something. It's mercy. Hmm? Or he gives food to somebody, and he thinks, "You are hungry." Please take this. Krishna is the fire of digestion in your stomach. And he's making offering. Doing look like he's doing philanthropic work, just feeding the hungry people. But he's thinking, Krishna said, I am the fire of digestion. Oh, you're hungry. Krishna has this is his thinking. Hmm? It's a living idea. It, 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 it probably just to say, well, you know, we, we, here we have so many volumes, 30 volumes of the Bhagavatam. And some classes he would say, and in the heavenly planets they have 100 volumes, and, and it's the story of Bhagwan, the life of God. It goes on. There is Chaitanya Bhagavat. Hmm. It must go on. It's, not, it's, it's more than a book, beyond a book. People would say to me sometimes, hey, if God wanted me to take the book, I'd take the book. Or they'd say, I said, he does. <laughs> I'm here to tell you. <laughs> or they would say, hey, it's not in the book, right? The truth isn't in a book. I'd say, that's right, and that's why you need this. This is not a book. <laughs> I know it looks like a book, but it is not a book. Here it says, right here, near Grantha Apirukame. This person, he, he, Sugadev, he had no need for books, but he had a healthy diet of Bhagavat. The poetry of the Bhagavatam. Hmm? What kind of what? What, did, what is that world, right? Hmm? The, the, the world of Vrindavan. Everything alive there is described, right? The trees are talking. The, the, the ground is 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 our guru there. Hmm? This is not some imaginary idea. What it's about is. As I've said earlier, yesterday we were talking, faith is the animating principle in life. Hmm? Well, that faith becomes very deep, hmm? very deep. 
and one's bhakti becomes very, very mature. Hmm? This is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And he could hear the grass saying, why aren't you humble? Hmm? What is humility? Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasri Thakur gave a nice definition. Absence of the enjoying spirit. What does the enjoying spirit do? When we look at an object hmm, from the perspective of our enjoying ego, the material ego, we look at it with a view to exploit it and use it for our mentally conceived purposes. But it has a purpose independent of what we want to make it to be. Hmm? It has a purpose in the mind of God, if you will. Hmm? So when we look at it with an exploitive ego, it means we want to take it and use it so we see ourselves as superior to it. We want to enjoy it. This is, this is, this is the absence of humility. Humility is the absence of the enjoying spirit. And when you, that enjoying spirit is absent and then you interact with things, it's very different. Hmm? Then their actual life can be known. Hmm? And the whole world becomes animate. Vishvam Purnam Sukhayate. Mahabhu is living in that world. Hmm? The grass spoke to him like this. Why aren't you humble? Hmm? The trees, why aren't you tolerant? Hmm? And this verse, such a nice verse, appears as it does at the end of the book, but as I said earlier, it appears earlier in the book as well, and in a very significant place. What is that place? Raghunathas Goswami, he gave up a kush life uh, from a material perspective in Bengal and went through the jungles and farmlands and back roads barefoot at great risk to join the party of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in renunciation. Hmm? His heart was beating to, to join with Mahaprabhu as a, as a young person. Hmm? Mahaprabhu said, take it easy, look for an opening, Krishna will arrange it, be dutiful. Hmm? He waited for an opening. What was his opening? He, his parents arranged all types of things for him to make him comfortable materially. Hmm? They were pakagrihastas, hmm? as it said. <laughs> and in the context of the Leah, they were pakakanishta, utamkanishtas. <laughs> they were playing that role. <laughs> so they tried to, you know, they, in other words, it's good to be religious, but let's not get carried away with it. You know, got to have religion in your life. That's important. You have to have a guru who was initiated by Yadunandanacharya. Hmm? Everything's set. You got a guru now. You got you know, money, prospect, everything, good family. But no, he was not satisfied with that. So, what opening did he find? His guru. His guru told him that, "Oh, uh, I'm feeling a little ill, and I cannot do the seva to the takur, the deity. So, if you will please do the seva, then." Ah, yes, Gurudev. So he had to go at some distance to do the seva to the deity. Hmm? And what did he do? 
When he got outside the gate, he didn't go and serve the deity. He went to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Sriman Mahaprabhu ke jai. What kind of guru bhakti is that? Ah. Well, as it turns out, he had a siksha guru. Mahaprabhu personally gave him a siksha guru. He took him by the hand. He took him by the hand and put him in the left hand of Sarup Damodar. When he came to Puri, he said, you learn from him. You stay under him. Hmm? There he stayed. It's a long story, but to cut to the chase. Mahaprabhu, he asked Sarup Damodar, could I hear some instruction directly from Mahaprabhu himself? So Sarup put the case before Mahaprabhu, and Mahaprabhu said, well, you know, you can instruct him. He doesn't understand. Second time, I believe, he asked, and and so Mahaprabhu finally acquiesced and said, oh, all right, so I'll say something to him. And he gave him instruction. Now, Raghunath Das Goswami, his life is very, very inspiring. I mean, the way he left home and the way he traveled and came to Puri, I haven't given the details. It's, it would be a long story. It's very beautiful, and you can read it in Antilila of Chaitanya Charitamrita. Hmm? But, but he, after he left Puri, when Mahaprabhu passed on, from his manifest Leela and Srup Damodar as well, he went to Vrindavan. There he thought he maybe he'd jump off of Govardhan Hill and commit some form of Vaishnav suicide. But when he got there, he met Rup and Sanatan Goswami. He took shelter of them. And, and he felt that Mahaprabhu, another, Mahaprabhu was there in the form of Rupa Goswami. The beauty. Rupa Goswami means the beauty of Mahaprabhu. He, he, Rupa means beauty. Hmm? means form, but here it means beauty also. Rupa Goswami was the beauty of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, personified. You can imagine how attractive he is. Hmm? So he came under the shelter of, of Rupa Goswami, and under his tutelage, he grew, if you will, to be, through his writings, what we call the Prayujan Tattva Acharya of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. If you look at the writings of, of Sanatan Prabhu, the original writer of Gaudiya Vaishnavism with his seminal book, Brihat Bhagavatamrita in his, in his, in his Vaishnav Toshani commentary on the Bhagavatam. Hmm? He was the greatest student of the Bhagavatam from a philosophical point of view. His books are very philosophical with arguments and, and so forth. Very, very, very interesting. Um, great Bhagavatam scholar. He is giving the Sambandha Gyan there, hmm? which we talked about earlier, that knowledge of bhakti, the conceptual orientation. And Sri Rupa's books... The primary texts, of course, we, we, we find Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu Ujbal Nilamani. This is dealing with Abhideya. What does Abhideya mean? It means the way, the path. First, you get the knowledge, conceptual orientation, what's what, and then that fosters a type of action. The way, the knowledge, the way. So if I give you a conceptual orientation, that's going to foster a certain type of action. If I say, the world is like this, and it's not like that. And then you're going to go out and act accordingly. So the way, then, the action that follows the Abhideya, that means the bhakti itself. So Rupa Goswami's books, we find Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. The way is presented there. And in Raghunadasa Goswami's books, we find the goal. And of course, he, he's, he's so it's very esoteric. 
and he has been dubbed then the Prayojan Tattva. Prayojan means the goal, the fruit of such action. Hmm? Prayojan Tattva Charya. So now, just imagine, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is going to speak to Raghunatha Goswami. He's going to give him some instructions. Hmm? This is the Prayojan Tattva Charya. He, in his books, he's written about such esoteric things as as the handmaiden ship of Radha. Hmm? And 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 internal uh, meditation upon this, and and the implications of entering into the leela and coming out, and so forth. And so Mahaprabhu, this is, of course, he wrote the books later, but now Mahaprabhu is going to speak to him. So what will he tell him? What kind of instruction will he give, Raghunathas Goswami? We're looking for something very esoteric here. <laughs> and what did he say? He said, "All right, I'll tell you something." if you insist, but you really don't get it, he said. You want to speak me to speak to you because you think I'm going to say something more than Sarup Damodar, but what you don't understand is I put you under him and and resisted giving you instruction because he knows more than me. Hmm? I came here to learn from him. Hmm? He knows the moods of Radha. Ramananda Roy knows the moods of Radha. From them I can learn that. From them I can get something about that. Hmm? Of course, he didn't say this, but this is the implication. He said, he knows more than me. I'm not keeping anything from you. Hmm? And again, that we, in, 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 in another sense, as we spoke earlier, the Vaishnav, in the heart of the Vaishnav, Bhagavan is present more than in his own person, so to speak. Hmm? These two are one. The Vaishnava means love of Krishna, and Krishna means the object of love. These two are one. This is Achinti Bedebe, this is the whole Radha Krishna Pranai. Vikriti Ladini Shakti Rasma, De Katmanovapi Bubi Pura De Hambedogatoto. Chaitanyakyam Matana Tadvayam Chaikyamapta Radha Bhavi Dutisuvalitam. Nomi Krishna Surupam. This is Achinti Bedebe, put in Rasik language. Of Sarup Damodar that Krishna Kaviraj took and put in his his Mongol uh, Mongol Acharya Chaitanya Charitamrita. It means that love of God and God are one. For 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 Brahman to be Rasa Rasobai Saha, there must be these two, and the two are one. The two are one. Hmm? Hmm? This is what, this is Yugal Milan. Of Chaitanya Charitamrita and Ramana Sambha. This is what it, this is the culmination which Chaitanya Mahaprabhu comes out of, appears out of, is that mixing of Radha and Krishna, which in the language of Kavikarnapur, Radha says, Those who say, I love you, they know nothing about love. Because when I say, I love you, there is I and there is you. What is that? <laughs> love is about the two of us. Becoming one. Hmm? If I say I love you, then what is that? That is not. They know, they know no love. This is what the poem of, of when Mahaprabhu said, "Tell more, say more." To Ramananda Roy, hmm? say more. Something, say something. Beginning, he said, "Say something about the goal of life, about the goal of life and how to attain it, and in doing so, support it with scripture." Hmm? In the end, he said, say more. Hmm? We're talking about the, the sadhya. Hmm? 
Sadhana and sadhya. Say more. Hmm? And then finally Raghana, uh, Ramananda Roy said, I could say something, but I can't support it. Hmm? This is again where we go beyond the scripture. Mahaprabhu said, say it, say it. And he gives his mystic poem there. And the properly understood, it's, it's this Yugo Milan, this melting of Radha into Krishna and Krishna into Radha. Hmm? That is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? And then he saw that, Ramananda. Hmm? And Mahaprabhu said, oh, you see Krishna everywhere. You're a Mahabhagata. Let's go on to the next subject. Hmm? In his dismissing, in his humility and so forth. Hmm? So pointed with the love of Krishna and Krishna, they're one. Hmm? Indifferent at the same time. Love is about two, becoming one and remaining two. Somehow it's beyond reason. It's achintya. It happens. How it happens, that means by achintya shakti. It's not that it's inconceivable. We can't talk about it. We can give an analogy and un- get some understanding. But how it happens, that is because he had, because Bhagwan has achintya shakti. Hmm? Inconceivable, yogic, whatever, shakti, power, yogaishvarya means, as is described in the Gita. Hmm? So, love of Krishna and Krishna, one and the same, and Mahabhu speaking to Raghunath Das Goswami, and what will he tell him? And Raghunath is writing about this, uh, this, this high ideals of love. And it, so he, what did he tell him? At first he said, as I'm saying, that I understand, I did not try to cheat you. Hmm? Sarup knows more than me. Hmm? He is love of God. I am God. Hmm? The love of Radha is such that she sees something in me that I can't see. That's what makes her so extraordinary. So, I'm relieved. I'm God. I was kind of wondering, because everybody worships me, but I find her to be worshipable. So I'm wondering, am I really God? This is some type of existential adolescent crisis in the life of Krishna. Hmm? He's very clever, so he analyzes what it is in her that makes her attractive to me is that she is moved by something in me that she alone sees that I don't see. So I am special. <laughs> I thought it was the God. I mean, that's what the scriptures say. But, but what is she then? What is love of God? What is love of Krishna? That must be made known to the world. That must be given to the world. That must be shared with everyone. I must go and broadcast who is Radha. She won't do it on her own because love of God is very humble also. Hmm? Very unassuming. Hmm? I am the pusher. I am the sustainer. Hmm? Overtly, but covertly and beneath the ground, the secret message is, I am being moved by bhakti. Hmm? Jai Radhe, Vrindabhaneshwari. Without bhakti, I am simply Brahman. I have no qualities, I have no movement, I'm everywhere, I can't go anywhere, hmm? I, have, I know everything, I have no motive to do anything even if I could go anywhere, because I already know everything, hmm? but by bhakti, oh, my life is enriched now. 
Now I don't know things. And life has again become exciting. <laughs> there are things to learn now. And places to go. From, 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 from Govardhan to Radhakund. Take a few friends with me. I would say, Abhai, come. And he would say, Abhai, Ami Abhai Tomar Charone. I am only fearless at your feet. But let's go. And off they will go. Love of God and God. One and different. Maputo, I'm not trying to cheat you. I'm putting you in the hands of the embodiment of the love of God and the kind of love of God, love of Radha that, that he's so familiar with that I've come to learn about. Hmm? And then he said, but anyway, I will tell you something. So now, what high thing will he say to Raghunath Goswami? He said this, I tell you this, don't eat fancy food <laughs> and don't wear fancy clothes. Hmm? means don't be a servant of your tongue. Hmm? And don't be just following the fashions. What? Where's that? You know, you're gonna, aren't you going to give me something a little higher than that? And Das is not thinking like that, but we're thinking, don't eat fancy food, don't, don't wear fancy clothes, don't listen to the gossip hmm, of the world. He said, she said, and don't gossip yourself. Hmm? Hmm? Always in your mind, worship Radha and Krishna. And Sarup will tell you the rest. This is what he said. And then he said one more thing. What did he say? Oh, and Trinada Pisuni Chena, Torora Pisahishnuna, Amanina Manadena, Kitaniya Sadahari. This verse again, that's where it appears. He told it to the to the to the Prayojan Tattva Charja. What does that say to us? We cannot skip over this verse. Mahaprabhu personally told it to Raghunath Das when he wanted to hear something. He said, this is the verse you should hear. Hear this verse. He didn't say, oh, let me tell you about what it was like meeting with, what's it like to meet with Radha in the, in, in the Kunj and well, so on and so forth. So he said, oh, you be humble, be tolerant. That world of Leela is a world of movement, ecstasy. Hmm? If we want to go there, we have to at least be able to bend over in our sadhaka daya like this, bow our head with humility. Hmm? It's a beautiful thing here, this contrast that we, re- we experience in this verse. The verse is about kirtani sarahari, conviction, hmm? commitment, conviction, steadiness in practice. Hmm? And this steadiness in practice corresponds with a kind of unknowing. Hmm? That, there's, that, that I don't know everything. He says that, that conviction, speaking about conviction, and at the same time speaking about, about humility hmm? and tolerance, Offering honor to everyone. It's kind of like moving backwards. Hmm? And not expecting any honor for myself. Hmm? But this is, this, but, uh, this is the idea of, of nishta. In, in nishta, when we are decorated with these qualities and chanting, we, uh, the, the principal 
anchors to material life, our unwanted desires, these are cleared away. Hmm? We go forward humbly as if we are entering in a... Just like, I'm convinced. I, I, I have conviction. Conviction, is, in this sense, is, may appear to the uninformed as pride, but it's just the opposite. Hmm? Walking in, coming in touch with the with with the the nature of the here in this stage, Anishta, the fire of material life is out. There is some smoke left, but the fire is out. It's over. Hmm? One once one comes to a kind of unknowing knowing. Hmm? It is said, those who say they know Brahman. Do not know Brahman. Those who say they do not know Brahman, they know Brahman, who's unknown and unknowable. Hmm? Now we're uncomfortable not knowing. We want to grasp it all in the fist of our intellect. Hmm? Coming out, using the intellect properly to harmonize our heart with our head, we can start to go beyond intellect. That is what Nishta is about. You properly exercise the intellect. It's completely absorbed hmm, in bhakti itself. So it's completely controlled. It's very pathetic to see someone controlled by their senses. It's very pathetic to see someone controlled by their mind. It's most unbecoming to see someone controlled by their intellect. It's so... It it makes my heart very uh, uh, sink smart person and controlled, manipulated by the intellect, a tool hmm, that it could be use, useful to soften the heart. We have to use the head to soften the heart. Hmm? Nisht is using the head completely and the heart is softening. Hmm? You, your heart is softening, but you're full of conviction. Hmm? Ready to... So, and you're actually entering into consistent experiential spiritual life and it's humbling it's a kind of knowing by which one is humbled by the knowing hmm? the path ahead is no longer like this like it's it, it, in, in, in the previous stage anishti it's like up and down there are curves and am I still on the path or uh, get some sort of some this way uh, this way turn no, no turn this way but now it's straight the road is straight but it's straight, but it is not narrow. It's broad. And rules and regulations turn into realizations. Hmm? The implications of them become revealed. Hmm? And you know, I mean, entering into a land where there's just learning forever. Hmm? I'm coming, I'm finite, coming in touch with the infinite. And I'm humbled by that. And I'm humbled, and I'm bowing down, and but I'm going forward. I've got conviction. There's these two contrasting things. We think, for example, in material life, that it is said, by stepping on the heads of others, you'll get ahead. You've got to like, hey, look out for yourself here. Right? We're like, watch out. You know, It's like... You gotta do that in India. Watch out! Even a monkey could attack you and take you. It's terrible. <laughs> I love the place, but 
material life. You have to be careful, always on the watch, right? You've got to look out for yourself. Hmm? Sometimes we preach like this, who will look after me? Hmm, we think. But in spiritual life, not that we, we don't step on people's heads to get ahead, but we have our heads stepped on to get ahead. That's a very backward idea. Hmm? And we come to know that we don't know by intellect. Hmm? But by heart, by faith, we come to know. And intellect seeks to, is, is used to assist us in this. So this is a very important uh, stage, intermi- intermediate stage in bhakti, where we've now climbed the mountain. Our goal is the valley of love of God on the other side. We have now reached the top of the mountain. As I said the other day, we're going up the mountain, it's difficult. We've got a rope strapped around our waist and somebody is up on the top who came from the valley (laughs) or who kind of like mind and heart lives in the valley hmm? but standing on the top because living in the valley of love of God in one's heart hmm, which would seem to be very joyful includes an agony hmm? a suffering and a pain Vaishnava, what is it? Hmm they are the Banchakalpa Kalpataru the Vaishnav Paradukudukikripambudhi they have no suffering for themselves but they feel the pain of others they've been there and it's like a dream. Oh, I was there. Hmm? Therefore, they are the Kripa Shakti of Bhagwan. Hmm? So they stand on the mountain. Their heart is, is, is in the valley. Hmm? Like I sometimes would meet with Prophet, and I feel like his heart is in the valley of the love of God, but he's running to the top of the mountain to look down at me and, and say something. Hmm? To bring himself down from there to speak something relative to my position. <laughs> and as I said, you may lose your grip on the mountain, you may lose your footing, hmm? but you, are being, you have a rope wrapped around your waist. All you have to do is not pull out your knife and cut the rope. That's the dumbest thing you could do. Don't do that. Hmm? And gradually, you'll go up. Hmm? Just keep that rope. That means... Keep a connection with the higher quarters in the form of the Vaishnava. We should have one concern that what I'm doing is of some consequence to someone of spiritual consequence. Hmm? Some connection with that. Hmm? And they're very generous so they can find a way. Disciple says, Guru Maharaj, I was thinking of going to Alaska. Okay... And you're asking permission. Okay. You really don't want me to hear to say no. You're not really asking. That's not good. Um, okay. So what, what? do I know anybody in Alaska? Is there anything there? Okay. Well, here. All right. You go ahead. And could you bring back some ice cubes when you come? We, we're ha- come back in time for Janamastami. We make a lossy and some for something. <laughs> they find a way to somehow, you know, make it. 
have be connected with something meaningful. This is their their kind of genius as expressed compassionately in relation to ourselves. Hmm? And when you're going to get to the top of the mountain, this is Nishta, then you can look down at the hill into the valley of love of God and it is all downhill from there. So it's so important. And if you if you think only I'll go to the valley, somehow I won't climb the mountain, I'm just going to go around. Why bother to climb? I'll just go around the other side. It doesn't work like that. Hmm? It is sahajiya. It is not easy. Don't think it is easy. To use Bhakti Siddhartha's term, it is not sahaj. It is not easy. There's some difficulty. Hmm? There's some math to the art and music of love of God. So you have to do a little math. Hmm? And it's, uh, you've got to become familiar with all these teachings hmm? and put them in place in your life. Harmonize your tender faith with a head full of with discriminating power that is that is fully spiritualized. Hmm? Spiritual discrimination will result in spiritual a spiritualized mind and intellect altogether. As I said, the mind, the intellect, the entire antarkana will become bhala. I told earlier, Mahaprabhu told Sanatan, don't throw your body under the wrath cart. You thought that would be a uh, a fitting thing to do because open sores appeared on your body. Hmm? Sanatan came to Jagannath Puri because Mahaprabhu told him you could meet me later in Jagannath Puri. He didn't go to Jagannath Puri just to have the darshan with his eyes of Jagannath, but Mahaprabhu told him, like I said, Govinda Marshall only went because he didn't see the deities of Gornitai of Gorida Pandit because Guru Maharaj didn't tell him to do that. He told him to go do something else there. Hmm? So Sanatana came to Puri because Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said he'd come. But when he came, he he got some disease that caused open sores to appear on his body, and he thought, the last time I met Mahaprabhu at Banaras, Banaras, no, at, at Prayag, he embra- no, Sanatana, at Banaras, he embraced me, even though I was dressed like a mendicant, a Muslim mendicant, I'd been traveling for days on end and was unclean, and he just embraced me. His affection is like that. Hmm? He doesn't see any, any faults in his devotees. Baba Grahi Janardana. No, their hearts are in the right place. That's all that matters. Their heart is his heart. So when I see him again, he will try to embrace me, but it will be my body is so offensive. So I'm thinking, Rathiatra is coming, I will throw myself under the cart. Hmm? And commit some type of Vaishnava suicide. But with his omniscience, Mahaprabhu came and said, and by the way, I'm here. Do not throw your body under the cart. You cannot do that. Hmm? That fact, that body belongs to me. Hmm? Indeed, he said, the sadhakate, the body that's been given to you by your guru, is that is chiranandamoy. Hmm? It is filled with samvid and ladini. Even at the beginning, it comes. Bhakti is the Sarup Shakti. It comes from up to down, makes ingress, person of home of faith, and so forth. Hmm? He said, Your body is Chidanandamoha, your Sadaka Deha. Hmm? This means 
sufficient ingress of Sarup Shakti, the body and mind become spiritualized. They live in the world for a different purpose. Hmm? And what did Mahaprabhu say? Also, he said, I see your body. I see those sores. I know what this is about. Hmm? You are a Vaishnav. Hmm? And Krishna is testing me. Hmm? Therefore, I embrace you. Hmm? I will not think, oh, that Vaishnav, he's a little ugly. Oh, Vaishnav, he's a little deformed. No, I will not see, let, let that kind of consideration come into my view, my thinking. Krishna is testing me. Therefore, I embrace you. Ah, just see, I was right. There are no sores, you see. <laughs> they all disappeared. He said, just see, they weren't really there. Hmm. Hmm. How we should love the Vaishnav. Which ones? All of them, we should love them. Hmm? Hopefully they all have good character. If they don't, we may have to love them from a little bit of a distance. But as I've said before, you can, you can respect everybody if you have enough distance from everybody. <laughs> so that's the secret. A little discrimination is required. So any these are a few words, anyway, about this intermediate stage. Much more could be said. There's quite a bit to say, but... We talked for some time and that in relation to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's verse. So I'll stop there. Tomorrow we'll meet again at the beautiful Gopal Nandini and Sri Krishna Chaitanya's house where they reside with their beautiful children and cows nearby. <laughs> but plenty of milk there. So I hope you'll come. Uh, we'll be there at 1 o'clock and we'll take questions at that time. What time is it now? 6.40. Well, it's overtime, so you have to save your questions for tomorrow. Thank you all very much for listening. Sriman Mahaprabhu ki jai, Nitanan Prabhu ki jai, Desi Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada ki jai, Bhakti Rakshaksidhar Dev Goswami Maharaj ki jai, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur Prabhupada ki jai, Sri Bhakti Vinod Paribar ki jai, Sri Sri Gorada Madhava ki jai, Shri Shri Daujigopalki Jai, Gornitinanda Ki Jai, Radha Gokulan, Gopina, here? Golokanath Ji Ki Jai, Gold Premanandi.